Hi, I'm Ben. Hi, I'm Rob. We've been mates since we met at drama school in 2004. We're both actors, and for the last 10 years we've been working in all sorts of productions, from small fringe shows to big arena tours. We love the theatre, so we thought we would make a podcast to bring you a series of inspiring conversations with interesting people from the world of theatre. So this is our podcast. Welcome to Inside the West End. Inside the West End with Ben Morris and Rob Copeland. Thank you for downloading episode 28 of Inside the West End. Follow us on Twitter at Inside West End. We've got a page on Facebook, Inside the West End Podcast. And if you want to get in contact, then email insidethewestend at gmail.com. Pineapple Dance Studios, situated in Covent Garden at the heart of the West End, is a hub of the industry. Today we're going to talk to Maggie Patterson, who is the founder of Pineapple Performing Arts. Most people won't be familiar with Maggie's story, but it's a really, really interesting um, and inspiring journey that's led her to be where she is today. Before we get to the chat, just a reminder, Ben is on tour with The Commitment. Make sure you go and see it. Go and say hello to him at the stage door. Um, So our episodes are coming out every other week. Keep an eye on Twitter to see who our next guests are. Uh, And also, as we say in every episode at the moment, go on our website, insidethewestend.com, and click on our Amazon advert. It takes you straight to Amazon. Your shopping costs you exactly the same as normal, but Amazon give us a small kickback as a thank you to help support us make future episodes. Christmas is around the corner. Do your shopping now. And now, here's the chat with Maggie Patterson. This is Maggie Patterson, and you're listening to Inside the West End. Maggie Patterson, welcome to Inside the West End. Well, it's lovely to be here. Thank you, gentlemen. So, Maggie, you have a really fascinating career. Pineapple Dance Studios was founded in 1979 by Debbie Moore uh, in a disused pineapple warehouse and quickly became a huge global brand. You got involved here and set up Pineapple Performing Arts, which you are the principal of. That's right. Let's go back and talk about who you were as a kid. Okay, well, I'm a bit of a Heinz 57. My parents are Scottish. Um, I was born in Wolverhampton. Uh, and I trained in Wales. So earlier on, I was living in Wolverhampton. I um, was the, the kid at school that had the short hair. I had abscesses in my ears. I had national health specs with patches because I couldn't see. And I was a bit sort of thin and, you know, a bit sort of weird, really, I think. And my teacher said to my mom, the only time your daughter comes alive is when we do musical movement and mime. And she said, I think you should send her to ballet classes. So my mum, who didn't really know much about ballet, said, OK, if that's bringing out a little spark in her, I'll send her there. So my, that's kind of how it all started. My mum said, How old me are you? Six. Six, yeah. So, um, so she sent me to ballet. And there was not a lot of history of um, dance in our family, um, although my grandmother played piano for the silent movies and we used to go and say oh play the cowboys and indians granny she'd go oh <laughs> uh, so uh, that was kind of it really so i went to ballet school and very surprisingly to my my mom i did very well i got honors in my first exam and my mum said there was always pretty little girls and there was me thinking i wouldn't do very well and i did so i just kind of went on from there my dad worked for uh, a car company and he um, had a very successful job 
and he was quite entrepreneurial as well. He set up a, a lots of things for rally driving and you know sort of events and stuff like that. And my mum was a Tupperware lady. She was an Avon lady. She's was you know she was always working. My dad didn't really, wasn't really happy about that, but she was always working and always in sales. So both my parents were kind of in sales. So both were in a, an environment where they they kind of they almost worked for themselves. They were creating as opposed to working for a company. This is you know, yes. You, you know, they were the entrepreneurial side of you, which has developed since. Do you think there was a seed of it? Yeah, my mum. I mean, my mum is eighty-two, and she's still she doesn't work, but you could say she works full time because she works for a charity that she just fundraised for, and she's always doing events, car boot sales, dinner dances, you know, you name it, going around at the moment, because she lives in Wales, with flyers and posters and always doing something. And both my brothers have both got their own businesses now, so we've all sort of got that, I think, for my parents that were very kind of hard, hard-working Scots who, uh, when they saw something, they went for it. And I think probably that's where I've kind of got it from as well. So what about with, um, with dance specifically? When did you recognise that you were a particularly strong dancer? Okay, so I, we lived in Wales and then I danced all the time, did competitions, did quite well and did well in my exams. And then we moved to Wales, which was the darkest, deepest end of the earth, where there was no dance. What part? Um, it was a place called Tawin, which is like in the middle on the coast where there's nothing but sea and a high street. And um, I was about 14, and I said to my mum one day, I really miss my dancing. And she was like, oh, there's nothing around here. So we found a school 80 miles away in Cardigan. And uh, my mum took me to the school and um, said to my... You know, I had all this experience in the Midlands, and I was, went there for a number of years. And then my teacher said to me, what are you going to do now when you leave school? And at that time, in the 70s, it was... Well, I'll be a secretary, working catering, or there's one other thing that they all did, nursing. <laughs> and my teacher said, no, 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 she's got a real ability to teach. So she said, I want to take her on as a full-time student, live with me in Cardigan, and train her to become a full-time teacher. So I wasn't really looking to do that, but my teacher saw it in me, and rather than be a nurse, a secretary, or do catering, I, I kind of went, yeah, that'd be quite good fun. Yeah, I think I'll go to full-time ballet school. <laughs> So I went there when I was just turned 16 in August and I moved there, left home in the September and went full-time training. So I've worked with you over the last two years here at Pineapple Studios. Yeah. And you're a very playful person. You're, you're really up for a laugh. What kind of person were you as a teenager? I loved fashion. You know, I loved dancing. I loved to party. I had quite a few boyfriends. <laughs> I was, you know, I sort of dropped out of school. I was doing my GCSEs, GCSEs in those days, but I was always down the beach. So what brought you to London then? Oh, okay. So I went to full-time ballet school for five years. I ended up being there five years. So from 16 to 21, I lived the life of a nun. After my crazy teen years, I then went to this place where I wasn't allowed out, wasn't allowed to do anything. I had to really concentrate on my training and I got all my qualifications in ballet and tap and and uh, my teacher wanted me to stay in Wales and run my own school there, back in Tawin, where my mum, mum was. And then I just had this dream to go to London. And I said, I want to go to London, see if I can actually dance, perform, 
you know. So I just jumped in my car after finished all my qualifications, 21, jumped in my car and I just knew nobody and I just drove to London and um, I just met somebody on a course in Cardiff and her and I hooked up and we just got a, a, a place in Muswell Hill and I just... <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is the days where there's no phone, there's yeah. no communication with the outside world really at all. Were you scared? No, I'd, I'd, I'd be scared now. I see kids do that now, I'd be like, how can you do that? And I'd, you know, I'm really surprised my parents weren't worried about me. They just let me do it. <laughs> and so I arrived here and then I thought, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to see if I can be a ballet dancer. And I toured Germany with as you do because there's a company in every city in Germany and all the ballet people do that in October November so I toured around and I realized I wasn't actually good enough there was like raw ballet girls not getting work and um so I came back and I cut all my hair and I thought I'll just be a jazz dancer instead then because I thought I could do both so I did I did work I did commercials and tv and a bit of top of the pops and various things how did you get your fir- very first job yeah, in that world in the jazz world because surely the contacts were totally different yeah how did you do that right so I, there was an agency at pineapple so i joined pineapple agency and i went to if there was an audition in the stage i went to it that was it i went to every single audition and in those days you had to have full equity to work in the west end or do tv so um, you couldn't even audition for West End in those days unless you had your full equity. So I did bits and pieces to get my provisional equity, because I say it's very different now. And by that you mean the Actors' Union, the yes, Performers' yeah. Union, I should you say. You couldn't work at all without it. And you had to earn it by clocking up a certain amount of hours' so work. So many weeks, yeah. And then I'll go back to start teaching the panel in a minute, but then I did the Muppet show on tour, and that got me my full equity card. <laughs> so yes, I was a Muppet. Maggie Muppet, I was known for a few years. <laughs> Really? You were in a, what do you mean? It was a, a tour of the Muppet Show yeah. <laughs> in massive costumes. And it did like a, a UK and European tour. And you were just literally <laughs> encased in this £40 costume. And it was all the original voices of the Who were you? I played a lot of characters. Okay. But I did play Kermit and Piggy, Zoot. I played a lot. Because I understood it, everybody. And most people's injured most of the time because of the nature of the show. So I got to play nearly everybody. I even played Rolf, the dog on the piano. Do you get nightmares now when you see it appear on TV or you see the snitches? Of, uh, or do you have fond memories of that? Fond memories. Oh, yeah. It got me my full equity card. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was it, really. So how did you get from that to working here at Pineapple? Right, so um, when I first came to London, I had no money at all. Um, I was working as a cleaner, front house, and all the things that you do. And I thought, actually, I'm a fully qualified dance teacher. And I was looking around thinking, I could just teach at Pineapple, maybe. So I went and said, could I run a class here? And I think they looked at me. By this time, I'd become a punk. You know, I was early 80s, I'd got red hair, and I was all cropped in all sort of strange ways. And I was wearing weird clothes. So I rebelled from the ballet school. And I think they went, okay, just give her a, give her a shot. So they gave me a studio to teach ballet and um, really odd time of day three o'clock start the class and for some reason my class got busier and busier so I moved from the smallest studio within a number of years to the biggest studio available is that studio seven yeah, yeah. and it, my classes were packed and uh, you know and people would look at me and go do you teach ballet <laughs> okay because I'm not super skinny 
and I didn't have the look, but I knew what I was talking about because I had all these years of training mm. and, and I was qualified. So. so did you literally just walk in walk in and say, I, I want to teach you? Yeah. I said, yeah, give me a studio. I, I'd rather teach than clean somebody's house. <laughs> because that was kind of the options then. Was pineapple as big back then as it is yeah. now? Was it still the big global brand that it is? Probably now? not as well known, but it was because fame was the big movie... You know, it was on TV all the time, and there was fame, and there was a, there was Jane Fonda workouts, and was a, aerobics had just arrived. You know, and it was like there was it was really popular. Like these studios were banged out all the time. So I started teaching, yeah. and that was going great. Right. And alongside that, I was doing a bit of work, like TV commercials, Muppets. Yeah, but I was still keeping my class going. And I call myself the Frankenstein of the dance world because. I had a broken foot, then I twisted my knee skiing, then I had an, my ovary removed, the size of a, I had a cyst, I broke an arm, I put my arm through a door, I had a child, had two operations on my voice box, right? So my body's falling apart, and I'm only as good as teaching. And you know what it's like, to earn money you've got to be strong, fit, verbal. Once the, my voice had to go and voice rest, I thought, I can't teach at all, and I can get by with everything else falling apart. So I thought, Okay, I need something to bring the money in. I'd got a child, we had a house, we couldn't afford to live there, I wasn't teaching. My husband wasn't really working that much. So I thought, okay, I'm, I'll, run a, I'll open up a school. And even if it makes enough money to just cover everything that we need, then I can employ people to do the work and I can rest this body that's falling apart. So. <laughs> I researched what I could do, stagecoach, various things like that, looked around, and then it just hit me. It was like pineapples closed on a Sunday. And I thought, ah, that's where I need to open a school. I've been teaching here 15 years. I got a good name here. They knew that I knew what I was talking about. So I just went to Debbie Moore and I said, I'd like to open a school on a Sunday. You know, is that okay? And she gave me her blessing. And what year is this in? This is in 1998, I want to say. Yeah, 1998. And how has that developed since then? How has it, uh, how has it grown? Well, I did a business plan with no business knowledge at all. You know, I came out of school with one O-level. And, uh, and I thought, I need to do a business plan. And I set six months aside. I took out a loan of five grand to do it properly. Sat down and researched all the other schools and just did a plan of how I a three-year plan of how I saw it and did all my finances and I just ran some courses in the summer just everything through the stage newspapers obviously there was no internet to get you known did brochures and and then I just sort of opened the doors and just said three classes that's why my logo is three bodies three classes three age groups on a Sunday um, open the doors People started coming in, and then probably about two years later, I was like, I had four groups, five groups. I just kept extending the age groups and the bodies to sort of create more. And is this just dance, or is it...? No, it's, it's performing arts. So they do drama, singing, and dance. And it was originally aimed at five to eight, 16-year-olds. And then I put an advert in the stage one time, and I forgot to put an age on it. And we had all these adults applying, and I was going, oh, adults, they can do the same as the kids. You know, missed ambition, chance to do this. So I set up an adult course as well, which lovely Ben teaches that. Um, 
So, from what I set out to do, especially what it is now, I would never have imagined in a million years or dreamt of it. And if I thought it had been this busy and I'd have to be so business-minded, I don't think I'd have done it. I'd have been scared to do it. You strike it. me as the type of person who wakes up in the middle of the night and with an idea and scribbles it down on a sheet of paper or is always yeah. coming up with Always. I projects. think on my feet a lot. Like, I come up with an idea and everyone that works for me just looks at me and I go, we can make this happen, we can do this. Because mm. I just don't... I don't think, oh, let's do that in a year's time. You're absolutely right. I just think, yes, let's do this. Let's make it happen. Find yeah. a way. Looking back to the teenage you, do you see signs of this person that you you've become this entrepreneur that you have learnt to be do you see any early signs which sort of you now look back and go oh yeah they were that that has always been there or is it literally uh, just developed no i think it's developed yeah. because as a dancer audition i didn't have a lot of confidence it was fact people was better than me it's just one of those things and maybe i've fitted into this because i feel i can be my own boss you know i can run exactly how i want to do it and I think all the ideas and the creativity has just come over the years being supported by amazing people I hope you're enjoying the conversation uh, just a reminder there is another way to support our podcast head to insidethewestend.com click on the donate button and throw us a few pounds if you like listening to our show we make this podcast for free in fact it costs us a bit of money to make it so all of your support is greatly welcomed did you enjoy that I really enjoy I don't normally say that bit. <laughs> Did you like it? I thought you were great, man. Yeah, thank you. did you. a good job there. Good thank man. Uh, what am I meant to say? <laughs> this is you, usually where you talk. Yeah, so in this bit now, you need to talk about okay. subscribing. That's so, your I point. need to what? So talk about subscribing. <laughs> subscribe. Okay. So, folks, if you... Uh, if you don't already, then subscribe to our podcast. It just means that it arrives on your device every week whenever we release the episode. Every two weeks, I should say, when we release the episode. Um, and in the future, Rob will do this bit and uh, it'll all be lovely. And we'll get back to the chat now with Maggie Patterson. In 2010, Sky made a TV program about Pineapple Dance Studios and it kind of propelled a number of the staff here into the limelight, made celebrities, people like Louis Spence and stuff like that. How did that affect the studio and your school as part of the, um, the umbrella of Pineapple? Mm, I think we already were busy. We'd already you know, been really successful. It just brought more people to the building because of obviously the program, the name and Louis, etc. But it was more like it became a tourist attraction rather than people still coming to class, actually turned a lot of the dancers off because mm. they felt it had been portrayed as being this crazy place. Whereas it's actually, a lot of people that weren't at the programme were still working really hard at making it a really good dance studio. Mm. So although it was good publicity to get the name out there, the brand, maybe the clothing, um, I see people outside just taking photographs and I'd say, come in, come in. And they would be like, they were scared to come in because they thought it was... Exclusive. Exclusive, mm. yeah. So it did help in many ways. And people still ask if Louis is going to be in the building. And so. to clarify. Uh, well, we say yeah, you never know. <laughs> ah, clever sales point. I didn't expect you to say a negative to that. I really didn't see you saying that. I only expected you to say, yeah, well, it, obviously it's, it's built, the brand has exploded more than it already was. Yeah. So how has Pineapple Performing Arts grown over the years since you set it up? Uh, well, it, we've almost been running 20 years now, so when I look at 
the brand plan for my art school, it's not just the school on a Sunday, but we have summer schools with kids from all over the world, like, you know, 150 kids each week. We have the agency, Kids in the West End. We do lots of charity work, like we perform at different charity events. And we do outreach programmes as well, like we've worked with the Met Police, supplying workshops for kids in half term to get them off the streets. And apparently crime went down in certain areas. Um, we do projects for um, Edmonton Glee, where we put 18 teachers a week into schools, all funded for by grants where these kids get to work with our tutors. So this is outside Pineapple. And at the end of two terms, all those kids got to perform in the West End Theatre where Josie Boys is on. And we had a competition and then we give them scholarships to join us. You also give scholarships through Autism's Got Talent. Yes, so I work with Anna Kennedy. So we do, we work with autistic kids. We give scholarships and we do an event for them where all the performers are autistic. Um, autistic spectrum so we do lots of things that I've never imagined we'd have done from the just running three classes on a Sunday of three age groups we have an office that runs six days a week from nine till six and it never stops of all the different projects that we do that is part of Pineapple Performing Arts School. You just really quickly breezed over the fact that your one of your programs has lowered crime rates in the area yeah how does that make you feel knowing that you're the, responsible for that very proud because i never thought that i'd be involved in something like that and that makes me really proud of what we've done because we've created something where people can come to us and we can offer something back uh, so through the first met police course that we ran it was bullies and they're bullied in a class together it was like a, a sort of a project to see if it worked and out of that I gave some scholarships and to cut a very long story short um, one of the guys gave a scholarship to he ended up dancing at the Emmys for Beyonce he's been in Ghost fame never forget and currently he's Mufasa in Lion King in the West End and he came through a Met Police course surely it doesn't get more rewarding than that than knowing that, that you changed his life it's, it's right, but what I love about it is that he's so inspiring. I made him a patron of the school because all the kids just look up to him and they know that you could be down here one day and through performing arts, you can achieve so much. So, with teaching, what do you believe makes a good teacher? Yeah, I don't, don't think you can... Um, I think it has to be something that's in you. Mm. You have to have that, what my teacher saw in me, which I didn't see she knew I had that in mm. me and it's it you've got to have a real passion and desire and you've got to want to help people I don't think you can teach from purely from finance for money um, and I think it's about bringing out the best in everybody like I never thought I'd find teachers that had the same teaching process as me like I want people to work really hard I want to retrained professionally but I want them to enjoy themselves at the same time and not be put down and I'm amazed that I have I don't know how many teachers I've got hundreds of teachers that work for me and most of them have that and if they don't I don't use them again you, pr you pride yourself on providing staff here who, who are predominantly West End performers yeah. so what kind of performer makes a good teacher or, or does it always translate no it definitely doesn't there are performers who cannot teach and we'll be first to admit that and then you've got other performers who have that spirit, who have that, that can translate it to the students. And that's what I love 
finding a teacher like that that can bring that out. And then you have also lots of teachers who can't perform. They're just not, you know, and they are sometimes amazing teachers who are really nurturing of the students and want to bring out the best in them. So it's kind of, um, like I said, I don't think you could, I don't think you really train somebody to teach. I think they have to have that about them. And I'm just saying, really lucky. Maybe it's because of the building that we can have. We can pick on all sorts of, we've got like a pool of people that we can pick on, which is it's a, it's It's amazing because this building is so central to the West End. I, I believe that it performs such, a, such an important function within the West End as an industry. I mean, last week I was teaching a workshop in one room. Next door, The Lion King were rehearsing. A few weeks before that, Justin Bieber here was here yeah. rehearsing. It's, it really is where it's at as a hub for the industry, right? Absolutely, because you've got rehearsals going on, like you say all the time, you've got classes going on, the regular classes, you know, day after day, dancers, you know, and then you've got people like us doing workshops using, you know, West End cast members, choreographers, you know, and you've got, the lovely thing about Pineapple as well is you've got every style at almost every level. It's a group of studios where some amazing work goes on. And is it just for professionals? Like, if you were listening to this and you thought, you know what, I'd, I've always wanted to go to a dance class. I've always wanted to come here, and but I'm, I'm intimidated by being with professionals. Or I, you know, is this place for everyone? Absolutely. That's what Debbie always wanted for Pineapple, and that's where I've carried that on with the school under what she set out to do initially. It was like, it's a place for everybody. And it's saying all day long, you've got all levels and all styles, you name it, and all different, and it's just lovely to have the professionals here in the day, and then you've got, you know, your office works, you've got your kids, you've got everything, and it's a real fantastic energy here. Yeah. What's been the hardest moment of your career? Probably being when I've had a quite serious illness, which I had like um, four years ago, I literally collapsed because I was just, did too much basically, and I thought I'm gonna lose all of this that I've worked for, because I was only, I was only 51. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, you can only do this when you're fit and energetic and people expect to see that. And I was ill for eight months where I couldn't even walk down the street because my body just shut down. And, uh, and that's, I thought, oh, without this, that's what keeps me going. So that was a really, really hard time. You have a tremendous insight into the industry at, at You've been involved in almost every department of it. You run at Pineapple Performing Arts as an agency. You've got the school. You've been a performer. You've choreographed. Your son is now uh, an actor. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about him being involved in the arts? Do you ever worry? I do worry about him because I know how hard it is. You know, you're working one day and then you're waiting tables the next. Um, but again it's about the passion that's all he's ever wanted to do and not that I pushed him that way I actually pushed him to do social services at college and said go and learn to be a policeman a fireman the navy and then you'll get a trade and then you'll have a job and you have a pension for life because I didn't want him to do this and poor lad I sent him off to this college where to march around in boots on a Monday morning <laughs> but he just loves this industry and and he's sort of found his own way in it. He must have seen that it, the reality of how yeah. hard a job a choice it is. Yeah, he does. I mean, the funny thing was he went to ballet when he was little and 
we used to go backstage, I'd meet people from the cast, and they big strapping men would go, oh, hello, Jordan, your mum does my ballet class. So he would see big guys and go, oh, big boys do ballet that are amazing on stage. So he didn't see it as a place where little girls went. So he went to ballet. And, you know, at school he had the pee taken out of him. And, <laughs> and he kept going because he's quite strong-willed. But I, I didn't push him to do ballet. He saw Billy Elliot and thought, oh, I quite fancy doing that. I'd love to know how many other people have been, boys have been inspired to try ballet because of Billy Elliot. I bet a lot have. Yeah, a lot have, yeah. Um, so you, as Ben just said, you have seen every facet of the industry. How have you seen the industry change over the years? Has it? Or has it always been... Joe, you know, it's so funny because when I think back to when I was auditioning, it just seems like much the same. It's like crowds of people, one job, same, you know, go to audition, stand there, do your best, walk away. In, in fact, when we came in here to do the interview, we're in one of the studios in, in Pineapple at the moment. There was a girl in here, you could see she was doing her little warm-up because she's obviously auditioning you know, for something yeah. next door. That, that, that vibe has probably yeah. never left, has it? And it's, it's, you know, there are the West End shows, but still not an awful lot of work, yeah. as you guys know. And you're very, you know, to get a show, and a West End show is amazing, and to get more shows and tours. And and so the reason we asked this, a friend of mine is a commercial dancer, and he said to me recently, um, he's appeared on, on X Factor, and, and he works regularly, and he said that he feels that the industry has changed for dancers in a sense that it's more useful for him to go and do a massive weight session in the gym before an audition now than do a class, because... He needs to get ripped. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're looking for... It's the look, yeah. and that look has changed in the industry. Yeah, yeah, the look has, has changed, like for the girls as well. But it's a shame because but I but think there are too many full-time colleges out there right. pr making promises, and there's not enough work at the end of it. You're not the first person who has expressed that opinion. Yeah. Um, mm. Is show business a game that you need to learn how to play? Yes. Great question. You have to know how to play it. You have to know how to turn, you have to know how to train, you have to know how to audition, you have to know how to work once you're in a job. So you have to go along with that. And, how, and how, do you, how do you play it? Well, you look right. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know exactly what to wear for auditions. You train hard, you get yourself to the front. You, you know, you get to, once you're in the West End, you get to know everybody else in the West End and you network and, and you make sure that when you are performing, you're 100% every time, because that goes around like wildfire if you start to become lazy. You have to, you have to play the game, really, don't you? Yeah. We've spoken to performers, producers, directors, writers, stage management, people from all different parts of the West End as an industry. Mm -hmm. You're the first person we've spoken to who's involved in the training side of things. And we're interested in what advice you would give to anyone who wanted to work inside the West End. Okay, so um, obviously, gets good training is the first thing I say. There's lots of colleges out there that aren't producing good training, so it's really important if if you're a parent um, to find the right college. And by college, I don't mean university. I mean a proper accredited college um, with a good three-year training auditioning beforehand because I think the student needs to feel that the college is right for them and don't go into it if you're not dedicated you've got this is a business where you've got to be so dedicated it's not a business if you want to make money don't go into this business it's you've got to give up so much to be part of it 
and you've got to have a certain drive about you. It's just not something like, oh, I want to be in a West End show. What do I do now? You've got to really know that you want it. So, you know, following the trainer, a good trainer, hope they would guide you to what you do then to prepare yourself for auditions. And, um, you know, keeping very focused, not being distracted. If you're a very sort of distracted person, you've got to be very committed to this, this world. And um, I think it's a really hard industry to be in, but it's very rewarding once you get that job or you, you know, so it can be amazing, but it's tough. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. Um, as you can hear listening to this, we're, we're in a studio in Pineapple. It's echoey, there's stuff going outside the room. When we went to meet you, there was a, a canteen full of children who were doing one of the, the, the summer holidays courses here. You're, you do not stop. Um, so thank you so much for giving us an insight into your world. We had so much fun chatting to Maggie for this episode. What an inspiring story. What an inspiring lady. Maggie, thank you so much. We've told you about the Amazon thing. We've told you about the donate button. Please check out our Twitter account at Inside West End to find out who's going to be on the next episode. In the meanwhile, have a great couple of weeks and thanks for listening.